Episode 130, Jesus in My Bedroom. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo. And Tony DiLorenzo. And it's the countdown. Many of you have already sent your kids back to school. Some of you are in the final days and weeks. Um, you and, know. and we're counting down the days here. We're, we're down to less than 10 days. Um, <laughs> and we're excited. We're excited that they are too. Um, you know, I know a few years ago, we actually had a listener caution us about um, how we spoke about the kids going back to school. And the reality is that our kids are very excited to go back to school. They're excited to spend time with their friends again and, you know, just have kind of that structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they're on board with it too. They're telling us they're ready to go back to school. So um, don't worry about what we're saying. It's echoes from the kids. Yeah. And for Elisa and I, it's just summers are great. We love them tremendously. And we, we love our kids and we love the family time together. But, as we put down in our book, stripped down, the first chapter is from the top down, and it is God at the top, our spouse second, our kids third, you know, work is fourth, and then all those other activities last. And when I say that too, it's not quantity of time, it's quality of time. You know, because we know work, you're pretty much spending probably 40 hours plus a week there for most of you who are full full-time employed or even running a business. So it's hard to go, Hey, well, how do I put God or my spouse or my kids above that? And we're not talking about, we're just talking about quality. And it's during this time for us, just where our kids are. And maybe for some of you that the quality of the time that Elise and I get to spend together is just, it's diminished a bit Mm -hmm. just because we don't have those solid blocks of time each day where we can just talk and that can get frustrating for somebody like myself where I'm out and about, I'm doing my thing and, and I just want to call Lisa and I want to just talk to Elisa and I don't want to hear the jabbering and the chit chat and the, all the noise in the background. Doesn't mean I don't love my kids any less. It's just, I want to spend some quality time with Elisa and during the summer break, it's tough to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, we've been able to carve out um, a little more time, but I do like how you brought up, and I I know it's completely unintentional, um, you know, that first chapter in the book where we talk about from the top down, um, because we're going to tackle that tonight, and um, we're doing it, so we're recording this on Sunday night, and earlier today, we put a question down on our Facebook fan page which we'll also link to here so that way you guys can read it as well but the question that we posed was jesus is sitting in a blue chair in your bedroom as you make love to your spouse what are your thoughts about this and the picture itself is just of a blue chair that's it it's actually a really cool chair (laughs) i will have a link in the show notes. So go to episode 130 Mm -hmm. and you'll see a link there and it'll go to the comments that we have. But we're going to talk about this because it's really interesting because we talk about this a lot to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we we just finished up our stripped down small group last week. So we just talked about prayer works with these guys Mm -hmm. in our small group. It's the last chapter 
in our book, stripped down there. And so we talked about this to, what, what do we have there the last night? Seven couples? Seven couples. And so it's interesting because a lot of people just don't feel comfortable in mm-hmm. this, right? And for the longest time, you and I didn't feel comfortable thinking about, you know, Jesus, the omnipresent Savior, sitting there or being there in our lives, in our bedroom. Well, and I, I have to say, you know, the, it's, we're reading the comments. Um, and we'll read some. And we'll read some. And, you know, they're going back and forth on both sides of the fence. But a lot of people got weirded out at the idea that Jesus was watching them. Yeah, you know, it was like this very, like this voyeuristic, Jesus is sitting there watching the whole thing. And, and so I, you know, I'm like, Tony, what did you put up? Cause I hadn't seen the actual posting yet. I was just reading through all the comments um, that were popping up on my email through the Facebook alert. And so I went back and I read what Tony had actually written and it was just, Jesus is sitting there. It's not like, I mean, not that he couldn't see what you're doing, but he's not like, Ooh, let's see what position they're trying tonight mm-hmm. type of thing. It's just that he, you know, the, the sentiment behind the statement was that Jesus is with you. Right. It, it was never, you know, some people, you know, were talking about it being very perverted and, and, you know, so there were comments that this is, you know, Jesus is perverted. I mean, that was really, I think that was actually said in one of the comments or something to that effect. Um, some people said, you know, there's bigger things going on in the world. Why isn't Jesus taking care of that instead of watching me have sex? And really it goes back to the fact that Jesus is everywhere. Jesus is with, you know, the people in war-torn countries. Jesus is with those people that are victims of natural disaster. Jesus is with somebody who has just lost a child. Jesus is with us in our bedroom. Jesus is with my kids when they're out playing with their friends. That That is the definition of omnipresent. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when we try and put Jesus in these boxes we try and take control of all the other areas where we don't want Jesus. We say, you know what? I'll trust you with this area. Maybe, you know, maybe we start praying, you know, God, I could really use some help with my finances. You know, God, if you could just, um, you know, make the mortgage lender accept my loan modification. And if you could make sure that I don't lose my job, you know, this week with all the changes that are going on, that would be really fantastic. But God, you know what? This whole addiction thing that I've got going on, I got a handle on that. You know, don't worry about my Facebook addiction and the fact that I spend hours on there. Don't worry about, um, don't worry about my pornography addiction because that's not really that's not really a problem. I got control of that, but I need you to help me with my finances. That's what happens when we don't allow God to be where He already is. He's there, folks. Mm-hmm. It's whether or not you're tuned into Him and open to Him being there and being a presence in your life. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to show and share all that he already knows? But it's a willingness on our part to let down our walls, our issues, and lay that literally at the feet of the cross and say, I've done this. Some of us are even going to be able to say, I am doing this right now. Fill in the blank. You know, but you got to get over yourselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know, those of you that were just like, oh, this is just, it's a hard concept. Right. And I'm going to, I'm going to read this one real quick because Elise had brought it up and Laura said, 
maybe he should turn his attention to the pl- the flight of the world or the plight of the world and not what's going on in my bed. No offense, Matt, but come on. Well, let me tell you guys something. The world you live in, that world you live in with your spouse, that's pretty dang important in my opinion. Because if you don't put what's happening in your own marriage, it's going to crumble and it's going to affect you. It's going to affect your spouse. If you have kids, it's going to affect your kids. It's going to affect your parents. It's going to affect in-laws. It's going to affect relationships. Do you not think that there are big things that are happening in your world? Jesus doesn't need to be out saving, you know, every single kid that doesn't have food, you know, and he does, he's there, he's present, but come on, do you not think that Jesus should be there for you, for your spouse? Think about it. That's your world. We are so ready and so easy to go help somebody else to go do something else because we want to be important. We want to look good. Oh, look what I just did. But dang it, your bedroom is crumbling. There's no creativity. There's no talk. There's nothing. It's dead. Do you not think that your bedroom is not important to Jesus? Think about it. Don't tell me, come on. I've been at this for a long time now. And I'm going to continue on and I'm going to keep fighting for marriages because you know why? Because it's important. I'm seeing the devastation that happens when couples cannot get along. Okay? We see it. We hear it. We deal with it every day. And that is why we come behind these mics and we talk. Because we want you guys to realize how important it is. That your bedroom is an important place and to have Jesus there is so important. And it's one of those things too where, you know, the structure of family is critical to this world. You know, we've got to provide stability for the generations that are coming after us. It has to be, you know, we've kind of got to go back to that you know, divorce has become an easy way out. There have been so many easy way outs and so many slippery slopes that, you know what, we need to refocus on our commitments. I mean, that, that's kind of what's happened here. When, when we don't want to invite Jesus in, we don't want to have God as the foundation in our marriage, then again, we're saying that we can do it by ourselves. And I will be the first person to admit that many times when I try and do something by myself, it is not successful. It causes me a lot of stress. It causes me a lot of irritation, frustration, uh, you name it, any of those words that are negative. When I try and do things my own way or try, more often in my case, I try and control all of the aspects of a particular area, whether it's, you know, I mean, we had it this weekend. We were trying to go pick something up and I'm like, our appointment's at noon. We got to go. We got to go. And Tony's like, will you just relax? What's going to happen if we're 10 minutes late? Nothing, nothing but my, my anal retentive have to show up on time self feels complete anxiety when it seems like that's out of control. 
if I would just lighten up a little bit and I'm working on this, it's not easy for me, but if I would just lighten up a little bit and just be in the present with my kids, would that matter more than whether or not we were there five minutes early? Probably. Would it matter to Tony if I wasn't so high strung sometimes? Absolutely. You know, what does that take? It takes me coming to the conclusion that I cannot rely on my own abilities to change who I am, that I can only do so much and then I need God to, to do what he needs to do. Mm-hmm. Because we by nature, and if you haven't figured this out yet, um, I'm going to give you a huge news flash here as far as humans. Humans by nature are very selfish creatures. And, and some of you will, are, you know, I, I can already hear the emails coming saying that's not true, blah, 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 blah. Um, the statistics bear it out, folks. We want more. We, you know, there's always that brass ring or gold ring or whatever color ring you have. The yeah. carrot that's out there saying, oh, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. He's got this, th- she's got that. I want, you know, the newest phone. I want the newest iPad. I want the newest camera. I want the newest car. I want a bigger house, you know? And so what does that do? All of a sudden we get in this rat race and we're trying to control all of the factors. And you know what? Maybe that's not what God has intended for your life. Maybe God wants to bless you in other ways. Maybe God wants to give you a phenomenal marriage where the two of you are working together, you are a team, and that has such an amazing impact on your community. You become the couple that others turn to when they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. You become that resource for engaged and newly marrieds that are like, okay, you know what? What are they doing? Like, how did they figure this out? Because the reality is, is that people do not, there are not that many great examples or like, let me take that back. There are great examples out there of marriages that are surviving, but you know what? There aren't so many people talking about what it takes to get that done. So you guys need to step it up and say, you know what? We are going to have an extraordinary marriage, but the way that we're going to get there is we're going to go from the top down. Uh-huh. We are going to put Jesus back as the foundation of our marriage. We are going to say, you know what? That's where, that's where our strength comes from. Because this marriage thing, let me tell you, it's not successful unless you have a solid foundation. And I know because 11 years into this marriage, we did not have a solid foundation. And it could have gone either way. And that's seven years after accepting Christ into our lives. Yes. So, you know, the choice is yours. We're not going to, we're not going to tell you this is a, you know, a do or die situation, although it is, you know, but you have to be the one to make a choice. You guys have to get past the fact that, yes, this concept of having Jesus in your bedroom, it, it does weird you out. It does. The first time I told Tony that I prayed for sex, he looked at me like, you know, the biggest deer in the headlight moment had just happened. And I mean, the eyes were, you know, saucers. He's like, you did what? How? How is that impossible? And I'm like, dude, I, I had nothing. Like you weren't getting it tonight if I didn't pray because I, I didn't want to. And I was in a really low place. It was after, you know, it was during our 60 days and it was after everybody had been sick except for me. So I was in the caregiver mode for a week. Tony had ended up in urgent care. I think I'd had my period that week and I was done. 
And I know a lot of you feel that same way where you're just like, I've got nothing left to give. Nothing. I don't want to work on this. I don't want to try anymore. I'm, I'm tired, God. I just, I'm done and I don't want to do it anymore. And you know what? When you cry out then, that's when you give God an opportunity to say, you know what? I am here. Mm-hmm. It's my turn. Stop trying to control this whole thing. And you know what? He always shows up. He may not always answer your prayer the way you want him to. Because let's face it, sometimes what we want, again, goes back to that selfish nature. We want it, you know, nice and tidy and in a cute little package with a bow on top, delivered immediately. And sometimes there has to be a waiting and that waiting is for a reason. And sometimes the answer is a different answer than you want. And it's because God has amazingly better things in store for you. But if we don't learn to lean on him, how do we know what he's got in store for us? We're too busy trying to do it on our own and saying, you know what, God, I'm sorry, you're not invited into this room. This party, not for you. It's a compartmentalization of Jesus. Hey, you know what? I need you here now because I'm sick or my spouse is sick or my kid is sick. But when it comes to my finances, when it comes to my sex life, when it comes to my pornography addiction or my addiction to alcohol or my addiction to drugs, I'll just take care of it and I'll do it on my own. And that's, folks, when we stumble. And I'm not saying that I'm perfect. I'm not. Heck, I fall more times than I can think of lately. But I just, I get up and I realize that, you know what? I made a mistake. I messed up. I do what I have to do to make things right. Mm-hmm. You know? And so when, when we're talking about Jesus in your bedroom, please do not pervert this as if this is some voyeurism, right? That's mm-hmm. why you say the word. Um, as if there's a third person looking on. This isn't perverted. This isn't pornography. This is the savior of the world looking down upon you or there beside you or could be in the bedroom in the blue chair with his back to you. It's him there. And I think Faith said this really well, and I'm going to read what she said. She goes, I know God created sex as the ultimate form of love between a married couple and that sex between those who share in a marriage covenant with one another is a beautiful thing. And there's nothing wrong about it. I know when we are joined together in love, it pleases God. Amen. However, because of the perversion in this world and warped views of this world has created in our minds about sex, I would definitely feel uncomfortable with that thought. We have been taught that the thing to, that to think of anyone outside of the coupled relationship that is watching a sexual act to be a, a pervert. So I couldn't envision Jesus being in our bedroom because of that mindset. And it's sad that we as Christians have let the world destroy and infiltrate our mind. Jesus is there if you like it or not. But I will tell you, a lot of that perversion is coming from external sources, pornography, be it even just normal TV shows and magazines. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm telling you, I know because I've been there. I know perversion. I know it. And through his miracle on my on me and taking me and molding me and getting me out of an 18-year addiction to pornography, I know the difference. And so my mindset is completely different now. And those images of what I used to look at are completely wiped away. They're gone. I don't see them anymore. I see my beautiful wife, Elisa. That's who I see when I'm in bed with her. And I know it's tough, but I I, I really want to challenge you guys to stop looking at what the world is showing you and look at your spouse in a new light and realize that Jesus is right there. He is there. It's... It's obviously a topic we feel pretty passionate about. It's one that has rocked our world and changed our marriage. And, you know, as I was reading through some of these comments this morning, I mean, you know, some of them I do have to say made me chuckle. Um, And, you know, I love that you guys as our audience are not afraid to speak your mind. Yeah. Amen. Thank you. That you guys will, whichever side of the fence that you're on, that you will... Um, you know, for the most part, you're very tactful in handling each other and, and other people in the community. And, and so I appreciate that. But like Tony said, we're going to challenge you guys because this has been, I mean, we've been on this journey for five years now, mm-hmm. five years. Yeah. Um, and you know, so it wasn't overnight that we were just like, Hey God, welcome to the bedroom. You know, this is Tony. I'm Elisa. Hey, you know, pull up a chair and have a seat. Um, so we're not expecting you guys to flip the switch. What we're asking you to do is to be open mm-hmm. to invite God into your bedroom. And maybe it starts with a conversation. I mean, maybe you guys just even start off praying together in the bedroom. You know, I mean, you don't have to like just jump right into going, oh, okay, you know, we're having sex and God's here. Maybe start praying together in your bedroom, inviting him in. Be an active participant in inviting God into your bedroom. However, that works for you guys. I mean, we've shared with you guys the first time Tony and I tried to pray together. I broke out in one of those um, girly giggle type things. And there's really no other way to describe it. All you ladies out there know what I'm talking about when you just kind of get a case of the giggles and uncontrollable and completely inopportune. And that's what happened the first time we prayed together. And that was not good for Tony at all. But you know what? We didn't give up. We didn't give up. We didn't stop trying to say, okay, you know what, God, you've got a place here. We just have to work through our own mind garbage on, on that. Exactly what Tony was just saying, you know, what the world has distorted this for us. And, you know, I mean, we tell our little kids that God is everywhere. Hmm. And my daughter would tell you that God is everywhere. So why is it around this one topic? As we get older, we're like, whoa. I, I know when I was five, God was everywhere, but you know what? I'm 25 now or I'm 35 or 55. God, you're not going there. My daughter will tell you he's there anyway. You know, so so give yourself the freedom mm-hmm. to invite him into, into that aspect of your marriage and see what starts to happen. And that's the key. You got to start. Start somewhere. Elise and I, like she said, it did. It didn't just happen, and and oh, it's boom. We've been changed, you know. 
we took steps and we've been talking about this topic to each other and to others through our book, through our small groups, through you guys here on the podcast and Facebook and other mediums that we are so passionate about it because it is the one that makes so many people cringe. When we go through our book and we get to that last chapter and we're doing it, you can just sort of see everybody. There's like, okay, here we go. And you know what? It needs to be talked about. And Elise and I are not scared to talk about it because we want you to have that connection with your spouse that is so absolutely amazing that you are like cheering at the top of your lungs from the rooftops just going, this is my beloved and I am in love with him. I am in love with her. 16 years, Elise and I are about to go on and I will tell you, and she will too, that we have the most passionate and amazing lovemaking sessions now than we ever have. And I don't see that going down. And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong that we don't have tough times and crazy moments in this household. We have plenty of them. Plenty. I mean, if there was a video camera following us around, you guys would think we were whack jobs at times. We are, I think what you're trying to say is that we are far from perfect. Yeah, We're not. I mean, I mean, we come on these mics and sometimes you guys hear us and, you know, we've been in the middle of arguments before. We have had devastating news regarding health of parents. We've had financial difficulties. All of that weighs on your intimacy. Mm-hmm. All of it. Life weighs on you. Yeah. Your spouse should be that refuge. A- and together, the two of you should be able to turn to God and say, you know what? We need you. We are not strong enough to do this on our own. I think, you know, part of what's going on in the world right now is that so many people are trying to solve all of their problems themselves. And, you know, the solutions, you know, run the gamut, but really they're all just searching. You know, so many of our solutions, you know, whether it's, um, you know, getting obsessed with Facebook and, you know, the connections there or having lunch with that coworker. These are all seeking activities, Mm -hmm. trying to fill that emptiness that we feel. Because I will tell you right now, your spouse cannot be all things to you. They can't. They cannot fulfill every single one of your needs. And if you expect them to, those expectations are so unrealistic that they cannot help but fail. And then you are upset because they have failed you at something they could never succeed at. There's only one person. There's only one being that can fill you. And that is God. And he will not let you down. Again, he may not, your life may not plot out the way you wanted it to. There will be disappointments. There will be pain. We have shared with you guys the loss of a child. We have shared with you guys financial debt. We have shared you know, Tony already mentioned it, the pornography addiction. We have lost our home. We, you know, this is not, you know, somebody looked, talked to me today at church and he's like, so how are things going? It was him and his wife. And uh, I said, things are great. Because uh, they were, I mean, we were just, we had a phenomenal Sunday at church and, you know, I'm thinking, okay, you know what, everything's good. He's like, well, yeah, except for your washer, you know, because he had listened to the podcast last week and I was laughing because, you know what, it didn't even register that that was a problem. It, it was immediately in the moment when I walked out and you know last week and saw the garage flooded, but we've we've you know bypassed and worked around it, and so I'm like, you know what? That didn't even phase me. 
Mm-hmm. And for many of you, you're going, well, what, what do we do, guys? I mean, how do we make this happen in our marriage? Now, one book I'm, I am going to ask you to pick up, it's our Seven Days of Sex Challenge book, and you can get it at com. Because in that book, we actually walk you through day by day for seven days how to do some different things, expand your horizon in your marriage. And one of those days is prayer. And we go into it in that one as well. You couple that book with what we're doing here and what we're talking about on this podcast, and I'm telling you, you're going to have a fireworks of seven days of sex. You know, so look at that for a guide on how to, because that's the way we wrote that. It's called the ready, set, go guide for us. And it's, you know, ready. We're going to set, we're going to get you ready for what's ahead. We're going to set you up in the set section and go. We're going to give you that seven day plan. So you can go to seven days to learn more about that and pick it up. It's, it's a Kindle version only. So I just I just want you guys to think openly. Get outside of your boxes that are holding you in. And we challenge ourselves to this. Like Elisa brought up with her, her innate ability to always want to be on time even when it really doesn't matter. And I challenge her on that time and time ah. again. I just, oh. It, it cut, like even thinking about being late causes anxiety in me. Right. It does. And, and you know what? What we do is I'm just, I have to look at her and go, Elisa, it's not going to cause a world meltdown. We're, we're going to go pick up a rental car. So if the reservation's at noon and we're there at 1230, it's still going to be there. They will have a car reserved for us. So Similar with this, bringing Jesus into your bedroom, allowing him to be there when you are being sexually active with your spouse. It's going to take time. It's not going to be one conversation and it's done and it's over with. And you guys are both like, woo, this is so wonderful. No, it's not. So don't set yourselves up for failure that way. But what Elisa said earlier too, is that we want and we need you to be champions of extraordinary marriages. And you're probably going, me? Why? I I don't want. No. No, we do. Because we need you to be in your church. We need you to be in your community impacting other people, sharing what we do here, sharing Strip Down, sharing your lives with them. Because people need it. They need it and they're yearning for it. So don't ever look at your challenges as something you cannot overcome. You can overcome them. And the greatest thing is that you can overcome them and then you can share them. And that's when it's really powerful. Start a small group if you need an accountability group and work through this with them. Tell them what you guys are doing. Challenge that group to do something like this. You know, pick up Strip Down. Go through it. It's eight weeks. It's fun. There's laughter. There are tears. I'm going to tell you, this last group we had, it was such a bonding time. Not only did those who participated get a lot out of it, as they said they have, but Elisa and I got a lot out of it. To sit there with these couples and laugh with them and cry with them and hug them 
and share, you know, the ups and downs of life. You feel the bond. And that's what's so amazing about you guys. Because you guys are there. You guys are doing this. But I want you and I'm going to challenge you to allow Jesus into your bedroom and to talk about it to other people. The reality is, is that, you know, you guys have all heard this one person can make a difference. One extraordinary marriage in your community can make a difference. You can choose to be that marriage. And it's not that we don't all have obstacles. We don't all have issues. Some are, you know, they're all different. I won't say bigger, you know, whatever. It's all different. But the reality is, is that if we're going to strengthen our world, you know, it's like that, that one Facebook comment that said, you know, doesn't God have bigger things to worry about? God loves each and every one of us. And sometimes that change starts right at home. That strengthening starts when you look across the table to the person that you said I do to and you say we will. Mm -hmm. So you can make a difference. You can make different choices. And that's what we're challenging you to, guys. Be that couple that is a beacon in your community. Start thinking about it. I mean, this one has grown so much since we first started, but we're, we're starting to see, you know, I mean, you guys are spreading the word like nobody's business. Uh, you must just be sharing, you know, the posts and the, the uh, podcasts. Because it's, it's start, you know, like we're starting to see some real traction going on here. And the reality is, is that you guys are changing lives, not just your own. Every time you share a podcast, every time you share one of the pictures that Tony puts up, there's another person out there that gets an opportunity to say, you know what? I can change my marriage for the better. I can do this. You're empowering people that you don't even know need help or, you know, cause we keep up those masks. And so doing those shares saying, Hey, you know, I heard this crazy thing on, you know, one extraordinary marriage day. You got to check out these guys. You know, they're talking about this crazy blue chair and then you get your friends to listen and they're like, I never thought about that. Maybe that's something my husband or my wife and I should do. Or maybe they've been thinking about it, but don't know how to bring it up. And you guys know, you know, new listener, you'll hear us talk about a lot. Those of you who've been around, you know it. Communication. We got to talk with our spouses. It is so vital. And what we've heard numerous times is through this show, you're able to talk, right? Because many of you are listening to it, your spouse is listening to it, and then you're able to come together and you start to go, huh, that's an interesting idea. Mm-hmm. What did you think about it? Conversation gets moving. And you know, Travis and Sean are, are a couple that I come to my mind, and they have been a long-time listeners. Both of them have. And... When we get emails from them or just little notes from them, it's just so humbling. It, it truly is humbling to hear these guys and just talk about their marriage and what they've been able to do by just talking. You know, they got three kids. Young kids. Young kids. And they talk. They, they make it a point. They make it a priority. 
you know, and that's what's been allowing them to grow in their marriage day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. Mm-hmm. It's what the foundation of Jesus allows you to do. It's on him, and then you're able to talk, you know? And so bring it up. If your spouse isn't one to listen to podcasts, we hear this all the time. You know, if your spouse isn't one to listen, then just bring up the ideas, the important points. Ask the question. You know, the question that I love to always ask and bring up so we can get deeper into conversation is, you know, what is it about sex that is important to you? Or what is it about Jesus being in our room while we're making love that is important to you? It allows that person, your spouse, to expand and not just give you a yes or no question. What is it about our marriage that is important to you? Listen to them and then talk back. If they say, hey, what's important to my marriage is that I know you're going to be here each and every night. That's important to me. All right. Well, what is it about me being here each and every night important to you? And that just allows you guys to to dive into your marriage and dive into these areas like Jesus in the blue chair that you may never get to if you don't challenge yourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... We'll be interested to hear what you guys have to say. I know some of you will be anxiously saying, where's that link to the Facebook page? Um, we'll have it and you'll find it. And you know, add your comments, um, Mm -hmm. you know, put them below on the podcast on the one extraordinary marriage page, stick them up on Facebook, um, weigh in on this discussion. And if it's something that you haven't thought about before, we'd love to hear what, what you're thinking and and what you're willing to try. Yeah. What are you willing to try praying together in your bedroom? Are you willing to, you know, have a conversation with your spouse? about this what do you what are you willing to try to just see what if what if inviting god into your bedroom strengthens your marriage what have you got to lose yeah what's what's the worst that could happen i I don't know that there is a worst that could happen i know there hasn't been for us and it's been almost five years it's pretty it's pretty good track record as far as statistics go um, yeah, I can't remember. You know, it's like all that statistics and probability, and whoo, that class went over my head. But the reality is, guys, God's got extraordinary marriages in store for you. He just wants to be a part of yours. Yeah. All right, you guys. So if you want to pick up the Seven Days of Sex Challenge, you can go grab that at sevendaysofsex.com. Don't forget. You can email us at info at oneextraordinarymarriage.com. You can email us. We always love hearing what's happening with you guys. If you'd like to call in, 858-876-5663. We love those voicemails. Call them in. We'll listen to them. Some of them will play. Some we don't. You know that. And to that... Thank you again to all of you, new listeners, those who've been around for a long time. 
and for sharing one extraordinary marriage. We are truly blessed. We are truly humbled by what you guys do each and every week. We love you guys, and we'll catch you next time.